there's nothing funny about this story, but I'm going to use it anyway. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to my take. Pastor Crespo here. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. I want to thank you once again for joining the podcast and for a short time in your day being a member of the My Take family. I want to encourage you, as I keep saying, like, share, subscribe, let your friends, let your enemies know that this podcast exists. If you are wanting to listen to something that is going to be positive, if we find something to laugh at in the story, we're going to laugh. If you are interested in Bible wisdom, this is the podcast that you should be checking out. My take with, with me. All right, let's get into this. There is a story here that came out recently on the Associated Press. And the title, it talks about uh, someone who actually, how, how would I call it? They penetrated the fence surrounding the White House. And the Secret Service, boom, sprang into action. Who is it? What happened? How did it turn out? Let me share this story with you. It, it's not what you might think, first off. Here, here is the, the, the title here. Uh, a curious toddler on Tuesday earned the title, and this is uh, the this happened in the month of April here, just last month. Uh, a curious toddler on Tuesday earned the title of one of the tiniest White House intruders after he squeezed through the metal fencing on the north side of the executive mansion. That's right. Let me share a little bit more information here. U.S. Secret Service uniformed divisioned officers who are responsible for security at the White House. Uh, walked across the North Lawn to retrieve the tot and reunite him with his parents on Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, of course, officers briefly questioned the parents before allowing them to continue on their way. Now, this is a, a pretty short story, but basically, basically what happened is this. Apparently, this couple were visiting Washington as, you know, one of the places you want to go see is, of course, the White House. The, the White House is beautiful for its architecture, but it's also the home of the most powerful man on the planet. That's right. The president of the United States. He is the most powerful man in the world. And just, just even, uh, just even, you know, having this, his whole entourage drive by when they're in a motorcade or having his air force one plane fly over you when you're, uh, as you're watching and looking at his house, there's always a sense of awe that one feels when you, when you know here in this place, resides, I would say, the most powerful man in the world. Not everybody's going to agree on that, but let, at least you have to say one of the most powerful people on the planet. And this fence is meant to keep intruders out. You know, the White House is, a, is uh, I'm sorry, the ground surrounding the White House is a source of many different gatherings. You know, uh, people come together, they protest or they're they're doing marches, and, and usually they're highlighting one topic, one theme or another. There are people that have actually in the past tried to jump or, or climb over the fence. I don't know that too many people have been able to get through the fence because the, the, the way the fence is built. Well, let me share this with you. It says here in the article that this little toddler getting through may be the first successful intrusion onto the complex since the White House fence was doubled in height to roughly 13 feet not too long ago after a series of security breaches. Now, while taller, the new fence has an additional inch of space between the pickets. 
for a total of five and a half inches between the posts. Now, okay, look, I don't know. Um, five and a half inches seems seems a bit much to me. And if there was four and a half before, why somebody got the idea, let's double the height, but then make the pickets wider, even by an inch. It just seems a little bit short-sighted. But hey, you know, that's fine. Uh, it is what it is. This is this is a, an interesting... It, it, the post at the White House has got to be an interesting one because they have had protesters. They have had people try to climb the fence. They have had other people try to get through the pickets in the fence. But according to the article that I was reading here, it really was talking about the fact that uh, <laughs> most people just get stuck. No one actually gets through until, until recently. Now, the news article, you know, the news doesn't always tell you the news. But the news article says that um, the parents were briefly questioned and reunited with this little toddler and they were able to go on their merry way. But come on, anybody who's familiar with, um, with what's happening in the world today and you know that security is a big deal, these people and this toddler is going to be, if not already, they will be shortly put on some sort of watch list just to keep an eye on them for the short, for, for a short period of time, because you just never know if that, you know, again, I, I, I um, have just a tiny, tiny bit of uh, knowledge and experience. Not much. I'll admit that, but some when it comes to safety and security and when you're doing, you know, security of your grounds, when you're dealing with people, you just don't let something like this and say, oh, yeah, oh, nice little baby. Go on your way. Here, here's a lollipop. Have a nice day. No, they know who those parents are. They know who that child is. And those people are going to be, whether they know it or not, the subjects of being watched for at least a little while. Now, why am I sharing this story with you? You know, I think of, of this story there. It's not a funny story, but, you know, I'm glad that it does have a happy ending. But we have a story here of parents well, there's a couple of things in the story that lead me to share it with you on the podcast. But one is this, that here we have uh, parents who lost track and lost their child for a time. Did you know that there is a story not exactly like this, but somewhat like this in the Bible? Yeah, that's right. Jesus got lost and... Uh, let me put it the other way. Joseph and Mary lost track of Jesus one time. That's right. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but the Bible tells a story that when Jesus was not a toddler now, Jesus may have been uh, may have been 13. I don't know. Uh, I, I'd, I'd have to double check that. But um, actually, okay, I remember Jesus... Jesus was 12 years old when this happened. Now, Jesus was 12 years old, and Joseph, Mary, and Jesus made a trip to Jerusalem as part of, you know, their, their, their religious practice and some of the things they were doing there. Jesus would—this would have probably been his first time traveling with them. He went to Jerusalem with them. They apparently went in a large group, some caravan— typically in those days when you travel, you are going to travel in a large caravan-type group because— you need to protect yourself from robbers along the way. And so, of course, there's strength in numbers. So here's the deal. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus traveled to Jerusalem. And then when they were done, they traveled back. About a day or so passed, more than a day passed, when they started to ask the question, 
where's Jesus? <laughs> they lost they lost Jesus. Jesus, whom I'm assuming they must have thought he was in the group of the caravan, was nowhere to be found. And then they realized we have to go back because we have lost, we have lost our son. Now, why am I laughing? Let me let me explain some. Let me share this with you. You know, when I have trials and problems in my life, I pray. Now, I pray when the times are good as well, but there's a special intensity when you know things are not well. If you got separated from your child, don't you think you would be praying? Asking, Lord, Lord, help me find this child, please. Of course, right? <laughs> what, what would Mary say to God in prayer? How, how do you address this to the Lord? And you say, um, actually, this is not my kid. This is your son. Um, how do you, how do you tell, how do you pray? What would you, if it was you, I, 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 let me ask you, if you were Mary or Joseph, and you got separated from the son that he gave you, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us, you got separated, and you know whenever you have a problem, you pray. But now you have to pray. What are you going to say to What are you going to say to God? Are you going to be like, oh, Lord, uh, gracious Father, um, I, um, uh, but never mind. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out myself. I mean, how? what do you do? Well... Yes, you know, the story goes, all's well that ends well. Jesus was found by Mary and Joseph. They did find him. As a matter of fact, they found him in the temple. And he was asking questions and dialoguing with the Pharisees. And uh, the Bible says that these guys were impressed. They said, this young man, he is smart. And they were there at that time, they were not aware of who they were talking to. But at that time, many of them were saying, this, this, this young man has a very bright future. He has a very bright future. Little did they know that they were they were under understating it when it came to Jesus Christ. But um, what's the moral? What I mean? How do how do you how do you what, what do you take out of that? Well, here's here's one thing. This is my take for you. Keep an eye on your kid. Watch your kids when you go places. Pay attention to them. And if you find yourself in trouble, don't ever forget to pray. That's right. You need to bring your problems to God, even the problems that you're embarrassed or ashamed to. Bring your problems to God. He 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 already knew what was happening anyway. All right, that's and believe it or not, that's really not my the the main point of the podcast here. I just thought it was something funny, uh, and I want to let you know that there's all sorts of stories in the Bible. If you take the time to read it, you'll be blown away about how real the Bible is and how it can connect with daily life. But let me tell, let me let me um, talk now a little bit about why I wanted to share this story with you and what could be a lesson, you know, to, a takeaway. The story is about the home of the most powerful person on the planet and a fence that is impenetrable and the difficulty, the impossibility for the average person to be able to make it through that fence to meet him. There's no way. You'd, you'd never make it. They'd be on top of you before you know it. But I want to tell you that it is similar but different with God. What am I talking about? Okay. Well, I'm a Christian. 
And while the president may be the most powerful man in the world, my father is the most powerful man in the universe. Do you know that the Bible describes a city that is often referred to as God's headquarters, God's home, God's throne room, God's house? That's right. In the book of Revelation, it describes what it, it refers to as the new Jerusalem. And at some point, again, this is, has to do with prophecy, but at some point the Bible says that this new Jerusalem will come down from heaven and be placed here on earth. The interesting thing about the New Jerusalem is that as it is described, it talks about the, the foundation of the city. It talks about the walls, what they're made of. It talks about the gates. There are 12 gates. So the city of God, has it's, a, it's square, and it has three gates on each side. And there's an angel standing at each gate. Okay, That's how the Bible describes it. But it gives another description that is really, really interesting. And I want to I want to bring that verse up to you. It comes from uh, it comes from Revelation chapter twenty one verses twenty four and twenty five, and and here that's the Bible text for those of you that are that are Bible students. If you would like a Bible and you don't have one, email me mytakemc at gmail.com, and I'll send you one. But here's the verse as it's describing the New Jerusalem, it, and it talks about it doesn't need light because God provides His light. And his glory will light the entire city. And it talks about, it says, by its light, the city's light, the nations walk. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. This is the important part. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Now, it is a, a different way of writing. It, it, it's talking about, um, you know... It, it, you need to understand how it's being written, but it's basically saying this, that the gates that give entry to the city of God will never be closed. They will always be open. Are you, are you getting the inference that the, the access to God will never be barred from people, from his children? You know, trying to get a face-to-face meeting with the most powerful man on the world in the world, it it's it's almost impossible for somebody like me. But God presents something different. You can have face-to-face access to God now. All you need to do is pray. The Bible describes a time when God will actually move his headquarters, his city on planet Earth, and that the doors to the the doors to the city, all 12 gates will be open. And when it says it's going to be open all day, well, yeah, and it says there's not going to be any night there, what it means is it's going to be open all the time. Access to God will never be barred from you and I. Isn't that neat? You may not have access, my friend, to the most powerful man in the world, but you know what? That's nothing because the Bible tells us, and I want you to get this today, that because of Jesus expressing faith in him, you can even right now have access to the most powerful being in the universe. That's pretty cool. That's pretty inspirational. It's exciting. You can have that access right now. That's my take. And that's inspiration to go. 